I want to thank you all for joining us on our inaugural episode of Through the Tunnel, where we take fans off the court and behind the scenes and examine what goes into a college basketball game. Our first handful of episodes, we're going to be covering recruiting nationally and internationally, going region by region, talking about what it takes to recruit players from that area. We're starting today with Baltimore, Charm City, and my panelists today know all about recruiting in that city. Who do we got? We got Coach Kevin White, head coach of Randallstown High School, the 2014 Baltimore County and Maryland State Coach of the Year. He's done a great job in that program. We've got Mookie Dobbins. Mookie Dobbins is the 2018 Baltimore City Mayor Impact Award winner. He's also the director of Team Thrill, an Under Armour Association organization. We've got Sam Brand. Sam is a, a big time impact guy at Baltimore Poly High School took over a program that had never been to a regional championship game prior to his arrival. Since his time there, three city titles, five regional championships, and three straight state championships. And last but not least, Nick Miles, athletic director and head coach at St. Francis Academy. No stranger to being nationally ranked year in and year out, but has a very strong message, specifically for the Division II coaches out there. You better be listening up. Now, none of this can be made possible without our, our sponsors, Dr. Dish. Follow them on Twitter right now at Dr. Dish B Ball. You can log on, you're going to see videos with different drills, tips, inspiration on how to use their machines, how to take your player development to the next level. We all want to get better. We all want our players to get better. Let Dr. Dish help you do that. Mention this ad and drop the name Rising Coaches. Get an extra $300 off your purchase. Wait, there's more. You got an old machine, doesn't matter what brand it is, they'll accept it with the trade-in value and you'll be able to save a little bit more money. Let Dr. Dish take your player development to the next level. Again, we're really excited to take you guys on this journey through the tunnel, talking to coaches from all over the country and all over the world. Let's get it started with Baltimore. Here we go. All right, everybody, I'm being joined right now with uh, Nick Miles, Kevin English, Sam Brand, and uh, Mookie Dobbins. We're talking about Baltimore recruiting, uh, what all goes into it, who are some of the more important uh, folks that you need to know about if you want to get into this city and recruit some of their players. Uh, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Kevin, this first question is for you. Uh, tell me a little bit about the city of Baltimore and the surrounding area. Um, what all goes into to Baltimore. Just give us an overview. Yeah, well, quick overview uh, on 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 the, on the basketball side is that it's gritty. You know, the 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 players are, are very gritty. I coach, the coaches are gritty. You know, we all get into it. You know, we all passionate about it. It's definitely a a, a gritty gritty city, and and it, and we play that way. And sometimes you even notice that even a team that may not be the most skilled, if they 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 play with so much heart that they can stay in the game with a very skilled team. So the heart and the grit is definitely what, what drives basketball in this area. Uh, Nick, follow up on that. Like, any anything else you would you would add to that in terms of like um, what a Baltimore player uh, really is? I think Kevin really hit it on there. Gritty is the word I would use as well to describe a Baltimore Baltimore guy. Um, but anything else you would add about you know a, a Baltimore player and even just a Baltimore citizen? No, I mean, toughness, you know, grit, 
uh, grind, you know, same things that Kevin mentioned uh, uh, describes our city and, and, and our players and, and our citizens of Baltimore. A hardworking Baltimore is a very hardworking set, set, you know, city. It's a blue collar town, you know. It, it, we started as a steel mill and, and we still got that same kind of steel mill kind of mentality. Uh, guys that, you know, want to work, you know, and, and earn what they, you know, earn what they deserve. So I think Kevin hit him on the head. Um, I think that's a really important uh, distinction to know that it's a blue collar town and, and that's the type of families and, and young men or even young women uh, you'd be recruiting as a college coach if you're coming into Baltimore. Um, Sam, let's uh, let's let's take it to the history uh, lesson here. You're a teacher. I know you do math, but uh, let's talk a little history today. Um, give me give me some history of the Baltimore hoop scene. Um, some some information that would be um, pertinent to know uh, for for all those that have never you know experienced Baltimore hoops. Uh, well, I think I might be the youngest guy on here, so I might I might be the uh, unqualified to answer this, but uh, I would say that it, it you could start with um, Coach Miles and Coach English answer, and like just to start with the grit of our city when you start when you start talking about its history. Um, because when we all came up playing, you know, I think the game has changed a little bit more now. It's a little bit more accessible in, uh, let's say, the middle and upper class communities uh, to get training with the game and, and, and all of that kind of things, uh, all those kind of, you know, where I think the, the essence of Baltimore basketball, I think uh, you, you got to start down at the Dome and, you know, some of the legendary um, outdoor basketball that was played, you know, way back in the 70s. Like, I, I think that you, you, in order to get a good game, you were more likely to get outside at, um, you know, Patterson Park, Druid Hill Park, Cloverdale. Um, I think the Dome would be a good place to look at. And then fast forward to when um, we came up, I think that moved a little bit to the rec centers. And, um, you know, some of that grittiness of our game comes from, you know, we had community-based leagues, um, like the Baltimore Neighborhood Basketball League, um, which people then went from those leagues to their high school teams. Um, but a lot of relationships and development was formed within your own neighborhood and community um, at a rec center where you have an, an older, like elder statesman in the community kind of running the rec. You grow up in that rec center, you get, you know, tight with your friends in your neighborhood that, um, you know, represent that neighborhood and play citywide and then eventually going to high school and that's where a lot of the you know star power of the you know when people think of the Dunbar um era and you know the a lot of the attention that's gotten I think it came from the rec centers and you know people that like when you were talking about OGs in the game um you know people that developed us in rec center environments um and I think now you know as we'll we'll talk about is what it's transitioned into um, as far as, you know, having some, you know, quality programs on the AAU scene and then, you know, high schools uh, able to represent on a national level, which, um, you know, at both of those things, we've been able to, I think since the beginning of me knowing about basketball, I've known for uh, Baltimore high school and club AAU teams to uh, represent at a really high level what, what our history on the national scene. I want to spend a little bit of time uh, talking about some of the things you just talked about, Sam, because I think this is important 
Um, you know, and I'm, I'm a Marylander, so I'm, I'm not from Baltimore, but I understand when we start talking about, you know, rec centers and development within um, a, the community, but not every city's got that. So, it's, you know, so this is unique uh, to, to your town and, and it's, it's something that I think helps elevate the players' games from Baltimore. So you, you mentioned one thing about the community centers. Um, like, how, give me the scope of, like, how many community centers are there in Baltimore? Are there, are there two? Are there 20? Are there 200? Because um, Baltimore is a, is a major metropolitan city, um, but uh, it's not, you know, spread out all, all the way, you know, over many, many miles. Um, how does that really break down? How many kids are in these rec centers and in these community groups? Um, you know, anybody uh, want to take it away and, and kind of give a little background on that? Um, I guess I'll take the lead on that, being as though I work in Baltimore City Rec and Park as, as one of my many jobs. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, it, the landscape is not as, as big as it used to be with the closing of some rec centers. So it's when, like Sam mentioned, when we grew up, it was basically a rec center in each corridor of the city. And you play with those guys within your neighborhood and that kind of transition onto your high school situation unless you were recruited to go somewhere else. So what you see now is is the landscape and the structure of like youth basketball is different. And, and AAU became more popular as the rec centers died down, which is one of the reasons why I took a position with Baltimore City Rex and Parts because I really wanted to see that balance return. I wanted to see the leagues like BNBL and Project Survival and the Easter Tournament, the things that we grew up on. I think having those things restored will bring back a lot of the culture and the tradition within the basketball, you know, the Baltimore basketball realm. Not to say that AAU basketball doesn't have its place. Of course it does. It's popular and I'm heavily involved in it and I understand the benefit of AAU basketball. But for, for me growing up in Baltimore and, and I was raised on that tradition, I feel it's important to at least introduce the kids that are coming up now with that same kind of, tradition and because that that is where you create that identity because I know that's how we 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 became gritty in those kind of settings because I know for me growing up in West Baltimore I grew up in an area where I wasn't from an area where most of the popular basketball players were from but I earned my respect because I cooked everybody from any area and I played with local rec teams until I was about 13 or so and then I played for Cecil and Oliver for the rest of my AAU career. So I played for Bucky for about three or four years in that. And I got that opportunity because when when I played against Oliver or Cecil, they respected, the coaches respected, you know, the chip that I played with on my shoulder. And that came from the rec center that I was raised in. You know what I mean? So I think that a lot of that is missing. Not only that, the rec centers were, it was, it was home to most kids, especially me. Like I didn't have, the, the most ideal home life. You know what I mean? But I got that love from the rec center. That, like Sam said, the people who opened up those doors for us, they genuinely cared about us. They poured into us more than just, because we had after school programs. If you didn't do your homework and do what you needed to do, you couldn't step in that gym. So like those things were important. And and when you see the crime increasing and things like that, it is 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 a, a lot because it's a lot responsible because of that void that's missing from the rec centers and the community leaders pouring in. So that's why I'm so passionate about the work that I do because someone did this work for me. 
I think that's a, a really good overview and scope of, of as a as a youth kid playing, you know, how how you get into the game, how you get introduced to the rec center, how you can kind of advance uh, up the game. You mentioned a couple uh, rec centers, um, you know, the Cecil Kirk. I know Mount Royal obviously was a, you know, influential group uh, coming up. Uh, Chick Webb, right? That, that was a, that was a big name in, in uh, hoops in the, in the Baltimore scene. So a lot of these uh, names to out of towners may be foreign, but it is uh, not just basketball, but it's a, a way of life in Baltimore. And um, that's a, that's a really good background. So let's, let's now switch gears a little bit, talk about some high school hoops. Um, Kevin, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you first. Uh, let's talk about uh, the, the county ball. You're 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 the coach of Ramstown. That's in Baltimore County. Um, when we talk Baltimore hoops, um, and, and I think we should we should elaborate on this here in a moment. DMV basketball, right? It doesn't necessarily encapsulate Baltimore. Baltimore is its own standalone entity. Would you guys agree on that? One hundred percent. Yeah. Very much so. Okay. That's that's a little known fact in America. Try to well, before, the then, before we go into talking about, you know, difference between county ball, city ball, and, and the private school ball, Nick, talk to me about uh, Baltimore being on its, its own entity. Why is that important to you guys as a city to not be categorized in the DMV? Well, we, we, we just got our own style and our own brand. I think the DMV and uh, Baltimore is similar. Uh, but we take it as a rival, you know, uh, Yankees and Orioles or, you know, the, the Redskins and the Cowboys, Baltimore, D.C. is a rival. And a lot of, you know, people from around the country, because the areas are so close together, they see us as one entity. But we're separate. Uh, we got a, a pride in our brand. And uh, like Sam said earlier, I mean, we're, we're doing it, you know, on a national level in high school. You know, uh, Mookie uh, with Team Throws doing a national level AAU. And, uh, yeah. you, you know, uh, we are trying to separate ourselves and show that Baltimore can stand on its own. I think we've done a pretty good job at this moment. And anybody else got anything to add about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Nick hit it on the head. You know, Baltimore and D.C. are rivals, you know. So, you know, we definitely had two different styles to play to a certain degree. I mean, both definitely uh, gritty, <laughs> gritty styles. Uh, but but definitely, you know, there is a rivalry. You know, it becomes a friendly rivalry, you know, over time. But it's definitely a rivalry. You know, Baltimore and D.C., that's, that's a battle right there. It's bragging right. So... <laughs> you can't really lump us together. So and not only not only that, I think the logistics as well, because like we're like when you say DC, Maryland, Virginia, like we're not even remotely close to Virginia. We're closer to Delaware than we are to Virginia. So the logistics of it all says it in, in itself. We're not a part of the DMV. We are our own entity. So uh, so all you guys have been involved with uh recruitment of kids of all different levels. When a coach calls and is recruiting uh, you know, from your area, but it's like, you know, I always like DMV ballers. Is that, is that going to be an immediate negative? Like you, oh man, you don't even know what you're talking about. Is that, is that you guys that way? No, nah, not for me. Not for me. I'll, I'll speak on that because I get a lot of that. It's, it's not a turn off to me because like Nick, Nick touched on, like we are similar in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? And it's not only that because we're close in proximity, like we do understand that we we come from a high level competitive hotbed as far as recruiting goes in the country. So like to be lumped in when it pertains to recruitment, it's kind of fair because we are similar. We're close in 
proximity and we compete against each other a lot. So a lot of the evaluations I know from my kids have been up against some of the kids that are in the area because there are popular AAU teams in the area, including ours. So I don't, I don't take any offense to that at all. Yeah. I don't, on a high school level, I get a lot of calls named from college coaches who ask me about a kid, you know, from, you know, from an IEC league or a, you know, a kid that we never played against, you know, and I'd be like, uh, never seen the kid. And they, they act surprised. And I'm like, is, is this a different area? We don't, you know, necessarily play against those guys. And so I, I don't take offense to it, but I, we, I do get a lot of calls. I probably get a call once a month about a kid I never heard of <laughs> for, for whatever reason. You yeah. Know? And when there's a lot of, a lot of hoopers in this, uh, you know, saturated market, that is the DMV and Baltimore, you can buy them both. Um, it's, uh, you know, it could happen that way. So, all right, so let's, let's, let's kind of give a, an overview of the public school basketball scene. Um, so Kevin, coming back to you, talk to us a little bit about, um, county, uh, as it pertains to, to, to Baltimore hoops. And I also want to touch a little bit, and again, I know it's not necessarily Baltimore, but let's talk a little bit about going out towards Frederick County, coming down towards Annapolis, those areas are probably more uh, will associate more with Baltimore than they would uh, the DMV. Um, you guys, you know, gravitate and kind of uh, take uh, ownership of those uh, areas as well. But um, more specifically, Baltimore County, Kevin, tell us, tell us what the Hoopers there are like and what's that scene like? Well, I mean, Baltimore, Baltimore County basketball is, I mean, our league is, is very good. We have, we have like, like the rest of the league, we probably have about four or five teams that are, I would say, not top-heavy, but, you know, that are, that are dominant and dominant on a regular basis. I do think that the Baltimore County scene does get overlooked a lot, especially in recruitment, um, because, you know, the, the city definitely has some some tough, gritty players, and, and then you got, like, Nick, he's over there in the private league. So, you know, Nick probably has a coach in the gym every day, <laughs> you know, Whereas I know Sam's team right now is nationally ranked as well. So, you know, in the county, we we we're probably the the low guys on the totem pole when it comes to, to when it comes to recruitment. And I think that sometimes our kids get overlooked and we gotta work a little bit harder. Like I, I find myself having to work a little bit harder sometimes to say, man, you gotta take a look at this kid's kick and play. Right now I have a kid that's six, seven, six, eight. I mean, he's a major division one player. And I know uh Nick has probably seen him. I'm not sure if anybody else has seen him. But, I mean, every every school should be knocking this kid's door down. And, you know, it's, it's been me having to knock on some doors as well just to say, hey, man, y'all better take a look. And uh, some of the schools in Maryland as well, you know, just to encourage them, like, man, the, the county is a is, is a, is a gold mine. So any of these local, especially local schools, this is a gold mine from D3, JUCO, all the way up. Uh, there shouldn't be a D3 school that is not at, at the Baltimore County game, you know, especially even in, in the Division II level. I know a lot of people talk about Division one, Division one, Division one a lot, but I mean, you know, it's college. In my mind, it's college. So, you know, these these coaches should definitely be in the gym in the in the county, Division two, Division three, especially. And you know, we do have some gems and some diamonds in the rough in the county that are uh, that are major Division one players. And some of them, I think, end up going lower than they should just because they're county basketball players. Sam, before I toss it to you to talk a little bit about uh, city public school hoops, I want to I want to echo that sentiment, Kevin. I I coached at, at Bowie State, which is our only Division II uh, institution in the state of Maryland, and we had I mean we had first pick at so many kids that just got overlooked 
um, you know, division two. And I know there's a lot of our listeners are going to fall into that category. D2, D3, junior college, NAIA. Um, you'd be, you'd be remiss if you didn't come up here because you're going to get an impact kid, especially going back to how you guys just describe the, the development that comes with these guys is, is so, you know, well, well done that you're going to get a ready-made player uh, from day one, in my opinion. Um, so, but now, Sam, let's talk about the, the city. Hey, 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 Nate, before you get to Sam, can I say something real quick? And you I think all the guys agree with You absolutely may. I think this is the most under-recruited Division II area in the country. You know, I think there's so many great programs and great kids, and we got, you know, a lot of high majors and mid-majors. But you got, you know, guys at every program. I'm just thinking about some of the guys that, that was the same program last year. You know, some of the guys in my program this year will be Division II stars. I'm talking about really go-to players. There's a couple different reasons for that. One, we only really have – we got two Division IIs in the state now because Frostburg is Division II, but they're three hours away. So it's only Bowie and Frostburg. So it's only two Division twos in the state. And for whatever reason, guys in Division two don't think they can get a kid from this area. And I don't, I don't, I never understood that. I don't know why. You know, a guy told me, "Well, I didn't recruit because I didn't think I can get the kid or get involved." It is so many good players, impact players, starters on on really like nationally ranked teams that Division twos don't recruit. And, and, and I, I'm, you know. It really frustrates me. You know, I played at Bowie State and, I, you know, I've seen Division II basketball my whole college career, so I understand what it is. And we have so many guys that when they do go Division II, you know, uh, just think about Bowie. Bowie have, has great success with, with Baltimore kids, Baltimore and D.C. kids, but they can't take them all. They only got, you know, 10, 10 scholarship players they can have. So for the guys, you know, in the PA, Virginia, Delaware, you know, those areas, like, please come and see us. You know, we will invite you to our gym. You know, uh, we have guys that you can recruit, and there will be impact players in your program. So I think the other guys agree with me on that. Sam, before – and I want to touch on something you brought up. We'll, we'll save it for later in the conversation, but college coaches thinking that they can't recruit a kid because they wouldn't have got him. I think we need to we need to address that uh, in a few. I want to I want to put that out for the the group to talk about. So, Sam, t- tell us about public school ball. Um, public school ball in the city. And again, let's let's you know lay the groundwork here. You you've got a nationally ranked program. You you last year had a great uh, win against uh, a, a, a nationally ranked program in IMG. But that's that's one game. You've done that consistently uh, over a handful of years. Um, but you're not the only one that that's had a lot of success. You've 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 been able to sustain a program. Um, what 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 goes into city ball um, from the public school side? What are the kids like? What are the coaches like? Um, and what's the recruitment like? Um, I think um, well, it's something I take a lot of pride in. I came up, um, I played at Poly, um, and just remember. And when we, you know, in the 80s and 90s, um, I just remember watching so many big time um, high school going on to be college basketball players that came out of the Baltimore City Public League. And, you know, with, I think, with the transition of, you know, losing, because like uh, the, the history is important when we talk about the league, because with the transition to losing the rec centers, um, or a lot of the rec centers, I should say, and some of the community-based basketball that happens in the city, you know, our, our, our public league had, has become, 
you know, then that is more effort to save and to put time into. And I think it's really important that both in the county and the city, that if you have a family um, that is, um, you know, has a young student athlete in middle school, that they don't feel like that the only way that they're going to be able to get a recruitment opportunity for, um, you know, to play in college is to, to go to private school. And so, like, one of the things that, you know, the City League has always been um, and that we want to, you know, be is a, you know, just an alternative to say that, you know, you can, through public education, you can still compete at a national level. So we're really, we take a lot of pride in, you know, kind of carrying that torch, but it's happened forever. forever. I mean, Dunbar obviously has won national championships from being a public school in Baltimore City. Um, Southern High School was in the top 10 um, coming up, um, which is now Digital Harbor High School. Um, and I just remember like every, every, when I, when I was a junior in high school, that was my last year playing in Baltimore City Public League. I think there, I like looking back, thinking of the teams, I think there was a division one level play on every single team in Baltimore City Public Schools. I mean, every school in the city had a division one level player on it. So uh, while I don't think that necessarily is the case anymore, you know, the league is still super strong. There's still many coaches um, who, you know, are main staples in their communities in Baltimore and, you know, run really high-level programs. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very proud of the work that we've done within the league um, in the last few years. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is not, like, like you said, it's not like, you know, Poly is Baltimore City Public Schools. It's very far from it. We have a long, rich tradition um, in the public league. And then I think we have some really good um, coaches that, um, you know, are looking to continue to carry on that tradition. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I love being a part of the league. In terms of what you're going to see, I mean, it is uh, – I've been a part of some games in the last couple of years that you had to be there to understand what it was like. Like, you can't go recreate that in – like, the, the Polly Patterson game two years ago – I mean, that was not, I, I don't to call it a high school basketball game doesn't do it justice. It was so much more than that, and we lost. Sure. And I hated everything about it, everything about it as it was happening and right afterwards. But looking back on it two years later, you know, to be a part of contests like that, you know, it's something that you know I'll forever cherish. You know, in being a part of this league. You, you guys were literally a movie last year. Like there was film, there was filming of a movie around uh, a lot of your guys's. Uh, you know, hoops, but uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's entertainment from, from parking lot all the way to, to you return back to the, uh, to the car. Um, you know, there, there's entertainment at every, every corner. I, I love it. I love the the whole scene of it. The community's into it, the school's into it. Uh, the students, um, they're there home and away. Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's as good as it gets. I remember back, uh, when I was at Bowie recruiting at Patterson, speaking of Patterson, when, when Akil Carr was hooping, I mean, that was, that was must-see basketball, right? Like you, you couldn't, you couldn't recreate that in a, in a Netflix special right now. And people would believe it. They think, Oh, this is, this is for show. But I mean, it was, it was an actual show. And uh, for coaches coming from out of town, you're going to get a, a player that is, is able to play in, in, you know, the limelight. Like that's, this is the community's, 
uh, most most happening thing at that time. And, and if you could get a player that could excel in that setting, then they could definitely excel at the next level because it's, you know, it's like playing in front of 15,000 because everybody in the community is going to let you know the next morning when you're walking to school or you're going to the corner store to, to get a Gatorade, they, they're going to stop you and be like, yo, man, you, you missed that free throw. Don't miss that free throw tomorrow night. Um, that's definitely coming in that, that conversation. Um, so tell, tell me this, Nick, the BCL. First of all, I still don't know this. BCL and MIAA. What, I mean, y'all are in, you know, what, what, what is the difference between the two? Can you tell me that? Well, it's an easy difference. I mean, it's not that hard. BCL is all the Catholic schools and the MIAA is all the private schools. So just because we're Catholic, we're still private. So we got to play the other private schools also. But the Baltimore Catholic League is just all the Catholic schools and the uh, okay and the MIAA. So it's eight Catholic, it's eight Catholic high schools. That was the, the most uh, eloquent and simple uh, descriptor that I've ever gotten in my uh, 16 years of basketball in the area. I appreciate that. I've always wondered. Um, well, let's talk about BCL hoops. Let's talk about MIAA hoops. Um, you know, okay. give give me a a rundown again. This is this is the encyclopedia for the coaches that that don't know what that even means. BCL, Baltimore Catholic League. What's what's the type of hoops you're gonna get, and and you know what what goes all into it? Well, you're gonna get great coaching every night. You're gonna get some you know some coaches that's, that's well prepared. You know, uh, one through eight, or you know one through twenty two on the MIAA side. And yes, twenty two <laughs> MIAA schools. You're going to get a uh, there is one player on every team. You know, at least one. Majority you're gonna have two or three. Uh, you know, you're gonna get great, great environments. Uh, it's gonna be like a small college basketball game. It's gonna be very similar to a small college basketball game. Uh, you know, uh, you'll get to see some of the best players in the country. I'm just thinking uh, a couple years ago, you had a manual, uh, you you know, you go one night, you play manual quickly, you know, and then the next night you gotta play Jalen Smith. So you you're gonna get high level players, you're gonna get mid-level players, you you know, you're gonna get every level. And it's just great basketball. So if you come to the DMV, uh, between, you know, the four or five leagues that we have around here, you know, I think the MIAA is, is you know, some of the best basketball you'll get. And you you named some some names right there, right? That's obviously two guys that are in the draft as we speak. Um, mm-hmm. And so knowing that every single team's got at least one Division One player, and I can validate that, everybody's got at least one, if not more. Mm-hmm. At least as a coach, when I get a highlight tape, that's important to me to know. And, and contextually visualizing, like, I see this play being made. Is it against, you know, an offensive lineman that just happens to be playing basketball or is it against another Division One player? Um, th- those types of information is crucial because also when I get the stats and I see, okay, kid averages 15 points a game, 15 points a game in BCL might not be um, the same as, you know, 25 points a game over in, in a in a jurisdiction that doesn't have another Division One player. Absolutely. Um, this is important context to, to have a feel for. Um, and you talked about the coaching. Uh, that, that to me is also important because you guys as coaches are queuing in on those star players. So you're, you're going you're gonna to scheme to stop them. Um, what all goes into the scouting? I'll let everybody uh, uh, answer this, uh, Nick, Kevin, Sam. What all goes into the scouting for high school hoops in Baltimore? Well, I'll start. One great thing about the BCL is you play everybody twice. So, you know, you know, and both times you get to the playoffs, it may be the third or fourth time. It's similar to like the old school ACC, you know, the high school version. That's what I, you know, you know, the equivalent I, I see it as. 
Uh, so, you know, the better teams, you're going to know everything they do and they're going to know everything that you do. You know, you're going to watch film. You're going to do scout reports. You're going to, you know, try to stop their best players. Like I said, you're going to have four or five Division One players on a good, you know, MIAA team. They're going to have four or five Division One players. So it's, it's really a, it's really a college basketball game, where, you know, where you know if you get guys from our league, they'll be prepared to play at your level. You know, they'll seen a scout report. You know, they'll, you know, they'll know tendencies, you know, just, you know, as y'all go over tendencies with certain guys, they'll been, you know, they'll saw that before. And, you, you know, they'll, know, they'll have to make adjustments because, you know, just like we're doing it on other teams, the other team is doing it on us. So uh, the one thing I love about this level is the success our guys have on the next level. It's showing that the quality of basketball is translating to a good college basketball player. And, and I'll go back to my point earlier. That's why I believe in, on this level, like Division twos are really, really missing out, you know, really, really missing out on some quality, quality basketball players that can be really good for those programs. Man, really, really good point. Really good point. You guys, you guys and I'm, I'm glad um, Nick has hit that home a few times because so even with, with our league, we we change. I mean, every year it seems like as far as whether we play a smaller league with the quote unquote top teams play twice or you just we're playing almost everybody once. But it's it every possession in in our league can seem like you know, the national championship is on the line. It can really seem like environments we play in. So that's why you got a kid like Tyree Myers, who was not necessarily a dominant um, numbers guy, probably at Mount St. Joe, you know, destroying the Division II league down at Augusta right now um, after leaving their program. And you just see, like, young person at the young person, when they get a chance at a level, you know, who, who's been on, you know, who have been on some of these teams, where they're every night having to perform in these crazy environments every day in practice playing against other division one players every day. Um, you know, when you, you're playing these rivalry games, experiencing, you know, just really high level basketball, it becomes a seamless transition, um, you know, for, for our guys when they do go to the next level. So, um, and that's across the board, I think with all of our, all of the guys on this call is I know that we've coached, uh, young people and currently are where it's just like, you know, we just know what impact they would have because of the experience they have with competition. Every coach, if I could say what they point out as the first thing, they want a dog. I want a dog. I want a competitor. Well, you are not going to make it to your senior year playing high school basketball in Baltimore City, Baltimore County, BCO or the MIAA if you don't got some dog. You're not going to be a contributor on a winning team in any of those leagues if you do not um if you have not learned how to play um you know with some guts so um you know i think that, it, it's just that doesn't really always show up on, that, that don't always show up on the stat sheet right sam but that that having dog in you and being a competitor that's something that is going to translate into wins and, and losses right that 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 i think is uh crucial hey um, name to that point man college coaches like Numbers are going to be different when you're playing against, you know, other great teams. And I think they just look at the numbers sometimes. Yeah. Like, we're, we're translating on the college basketball level with toughness. I mean, I think you've been a college basketball coach for years. If you get a, a kid that's tough and knows how to compete and has to thrive to win, that translates into winning basketball. And, 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 you know, that's what coaches got to look for. You know, if you want a kid that's going to help you win a championship, that's going to dive on the floor for that loose ball, that's going to get that rebound, come to Baltimore City and you'll find that kid. I love it. I love it. Mookie, let's talk a little bit about AAU hoops um, in, in Baltimore. Um, 
for, are there enough high, enough high level players to go around for multiple, um, you know, shoe sponsored teams and, uh, you know, just kind of give us that, that ba- background on, on the AAU hoop scene. Um, I think in, in years past, I will probably say no, there were not enough, um, high level players to support three programs, maybe two, still probably not three because our area is small. Um, maybe two, but, um, I will say the development at a young age is so much better that we're developing more high level players as we used to before when, when, uh, the rec centers were in play. And I think what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of guys within our age group and our demographic who have come through that pipeline of rec center and have poured that culture into AAU basketball, which you see, as you can see, it's full circle. Like Baltimore basketball is very much relevant again. And it started with that development at a young age, because I can say for myself personally, most of the kids that I've developed at a young age are now the crop of high school basketball in our area. You know what I mean? So it's now the investment that, that we put in 10 years ago is starting to, it's starting to come to fruition. And so there's a lot more hot level basketball players in the area as opposed to it was before because the tradition has kind of come back full circle. That's that's great. All right. So these next couple of questions, I want to kind of pose them to everybody. I want everybody to give me your, their two cents um, about uh, some, some things that I think are important. We're going to start with something that Nick uh, pointed out earlier where he said college coaches often tell you, Nick, and maybe some other coaches, man, I don't think we could get that guy because of the area that you're from. Um, let's debunk that that stigma right now. What, what type of situations uh, do you guys believe a kid from Baltimore and their family is looking for? Um, Nick, we'll start with you. I, I've been in St. Francis 15 years and I had a kid going to every kind of environment you can think of from division one to division two to division three to a kid in Alabama to a kid in Vegas. You know, a Baltimore City kid wants to go to a place. I'm going to tell you the term, but any Baltimore City wants to go to a place. At. He wants to play. A kid from our area wants to go somewhere where they can play and make a difference and leave their impact. Uh, and, and kids from Baltimore just love playing basketball. So in a situation where they can get on the floor and they can compete for a spot. We, we, we'll, we'll let her have that opportunity, you know. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest myth when I came to high school basketball 15 years ago is our guys don't qualify. And thanks to guys, you know, like Kevin, myself, and, and Coach Brand, our guys are qualified, man. You know, uh, Mookie, yeah. you know, doing a great job with guys at a young age. And, you know, we're putting a focus on, on education. We are educated, you know, educated men. So our guys are qualifying. They, they're prepared for college. They graduate from college. So, you know, I, I'm just tired of hearing it, and I'm just tired of our or it, it, it just can't be, you know, with me being a Division two kid, it can't be just the Division one or bust. I'm just tired of that. Yeah. There's a lot of more basketball than Division one. And guys, if you want a good player, like, for example, Boise State last championship team, who was their backcourt? It was Kevin's point guard and my shooting guard. Yep. And, and those guys started together for two years, and, you know, <laughs> that, that was the last – that's my Wamada. That's the last time we won a championship. Two Baltimore City guys in the backcourt. We appreciate you for that backcourt. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, absolutely, you know. So, you know, uh, our guys can be successful on all levels, and they, they just want an opportunity to play. So, Kevin, what do you think? What do you think? What, what, what kind of situation are Baltimore kids looking for in their families? What are they looking for? Oh, there we go. I, y'all got it. All right. So, um, man, same thing Nick was saying, man. They just, just an opportunity, I think. 
I think a lot of times I always tell kids, man, go where they love you. So for the college coaches, I say, if you come and love on our kids, man, they're going to come. So, you know, go where they love you. I always tell my kids that sometimes they're seeking out situations that they want and necessarily the coach doesn't see the value in them and then they end up in a bad situation. So I always tell kids, go where they love you. So these coaches come and they love, love on these players. Um, they're going to get a few. They're going to definitely get a few because we're definitely, um, I say under, under recruited in that sense. I think we're definitely under recruited as Nick, I mean, harping on a division two. Uh, shoot, man, like like he said, you know, two of our players are on and I had a third guy that was on that team. He didn't play much, but he was on that team. He was a contributor. So, you know, uh, definitely Division two should be knocking down our doors, should be in that gym. And the Division three should be in there trying to steal the guys that Division twos and Division ones aren't paying attention to. Yeah, and, you know, just to, to, to add to, to something that you said, Nick, and um, what you just hinted there, Kevin, in terms of Division three and – academics, whether or not guys are qualified. I think too many coaches stereotype the city uh, and, and based off of what they saw on TV, maybe on the wire or something like, well, the whole city might not be academically inclined. You're talking about some very high level academic schools in Baltimore. Um, you're also talking about, you know, some very high level colleges in Baltimore. You got Johns Hopkins University that's recruiting from uh, these institutions. So the, the academics in, in Baltimore um, both public and private. I mean, Sam, you, your school, you guys got like an entry requirement to, to get in. Am I right? Like academically, it is sound. A lot of our student athletes experience, and this is, um, you know, goes along with the answer to the question. Um, so I, I think we, we can establish that pretty much you're going to get toughness out of all of our kids, but that's pretty much where it stops as far as what's in common. Like, we're going to have young people that are looking for all kinds of situations and that are qualifiers that are, um, you know, come from great families. We're going to have young people that are coming from single mom situations. We're going to have young people, you know, coming from just all kinds of situations. Um, but, you know, the, um, the, the, the initially we have the toughness that's a part of who we are. And then I think, you know, we got we got all kind of um, situations where our young people are proven you know, uh, just the, the people that I'm on this call with, I personally seen young people come to them, develop through them, and then be successful um, student athletes in college afterwards um, from all different backgrounds. It's not like uh, this kind of player is only good for Nick or this kind of player is only uh, good for Kev. It's like, you know, we, we have all kind of guys at our schools um, looking for all types of situations. And then to speak, you know, personally on our situation at Poly, um, Andre Perry was huge for us uh, a few years back, um, is now graduating from Temple and was the student athlete of the year in the Big Five. And I just remember when he was being recruited, I don't think, I mean, he had a 4.0 at Poly his senior year after coming in with, uh, he transferred in in his sophomore year, was at like a 2.5, moved into a 4.0. And we watched him blossom to be something much more than just a ball player. Um, and, I, and like I said, I've seen that happen, you know, at, at plenty of schools in the area. And we, we have those kind of young people here, um, you know, so that, that stigma, you know, what, what, what our young people have in common is they're tough because they know how to fight through adversity because of what, you know, where we are. And, um, you know, from there, I think, you know, we're, we're this vast, um, you know, group of young people that are worth exploring. So, you know, the talent is everywhere here. Uh, and, you know, I go along with Coach Nick's theme, 
you know, you, you guys just got to come here to check it out. It's everywhere. Yeah, sounds like you guys are all in agreement. Uh, last question before we go into our uh, fast break segment here. Um, for coaches of all different levels that have never recruited Baltimore, uh, Mookie, we'll start with you. Uh, just real quick, where would you guys suggest they start? How would you guys suggest they start if they want to build and cultivate some genuine relationships within the city, especially right now where they can't come to you guys? What would be your your suggestion, Mookie? Um, I would definitely suggest um, getting familiar with the kids and their family families. Um, this this form right here is, has been great. I know for for our program with, during the pandemic, I can't name another program who's benefited more from the the Zoom calls and the live streaming. And we we've done a tremendous job of still being able to pick up scholarships and keep kids relevant, establish relationships between uh, families, uh, institutions, coaching staffs, and and the players. So I think that. Taking advantage of this platform right here, the Zoom and the the uh, virtual platform, but also getting an idea of who those kids are through this platform and the families, not just conversations about basketball, but also conversations about you know life and also bringing bringing a kind of bringing a college experience to them virtually. So some maybe doing a tour virtually, taking them through the area of like you just got to do a little bit more work as we are on our end to get the kids recruited. You have to, I feel like schools have to do more work on their end and investing in, you know, the process of showing kids what, what it would be like to be a part of their culture. To piggyback off the coaches from the last question that we had, um, I feel like kids from Baltimore want to they want to go somewhere where there's a culture, you know what I mean? Like where it's not, where they feel Nick, uh, I think Kevin said it, where they, where they want to be wanted. And like Sam said, where they're part of a family. Like, I think that's, that's really big for, for kids from our area, because again, not all of them come from the most ideal home situation. So trust issues come with our kids, you know what I mean? So they have to go somewhere where they can feel like they trust you and you have their best interest at heart. And I think, this platform right here, coaches have to work harder to establish that relationship and not all of them want to do that because this is a different kind of space. Not only that, for some people, it's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Some people prefer the face-to-face or they want to get you on their campus and show you the bells and the whistles. But like now you got to really establish relationships. You have to build relationships, genuine relationships. You know what I mean? And it doesn't work for everybody if that's not the way that you recruit. Man, that's uh, really well said, Mookie, really well said. All right, so this, first and foremost, again, reminder, this is our first ever episode here on Through the Tunnel. So uh, this last Can segment. Real quick, Can uh, I say something real quick? Can I say something real quick? Just about last point with, with, with Mookie. Yeah. One, I think they start a podcast where they invite some of the top coaches from the area around and uh, and ask them some questions. Now, the, the, the relationship building is everything, and I think it's under – uh, like the same way there's some stereotypical things on, um, you know, with our young people, I think it's the same thing with the coaches and some of the adults. And it's because they, I think the college coaches, and I, I think this is an important thing to say, so I want to say for a transition, is you can't just go to reach out to the guy who's loudest on social media when it comes to 
connecting with Baltimore coaches, right? So there's some people that put in some real work with young people. Like I think I don't even know Coach English. Your mic went out, Sam. Sam, you, your mic went out. I want you to hit that point. You yeah, well, yeah, you got to hit that point, Sam. Sam, Sam, Sam you your, mic, your mic. Can't hear you. Your mic. The, the beauty of live recording on a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. First episode. Here we go. Sam, give me a mic text. I want you to, I want you to give that point. Oh, you gotta love it. He was hit. He was he was he was giving us some some gems, some absolute gems. Man, Sam, come on, get get that mic working. You interrupt me uh, if, if you get that mic working. Uh, as, as Coach Sam Brand does that, I'm gonna uh, explain uh, what this next segment will be. Sam, are you back with us? Oh man, you gotta love it. Technology, baby. Name before you move to the next segment, I, I do want to tell all the college coaches, if you're really interested in our players, we all three of us are playing in the same fall league and we all have film of our guys. So reach out to us to get some film. You know, we would love to show you the film of our guys and what we're talking about. Uh, we can all, you know, you can't reach out to us personally or have our numbers. Reach out to Neymar. He can get in touch with everybody. And we'll love to show you what Baltimore basketball is all about. And we, we've been doing a great job through this pandemic, as Coach Dobbin said, of, of putting our kids on film. So I think, you know, every program has been doing that. We have a lot of film for y'all to show, and we would love to, you know, to show you our brand. Absolutely. As as this podcast gets released, you could always tweet us at, at through the through underscore the underscore tunnel. Um, and you can always tweet me at Nemo Midvar. I'm more than happy to make all those connections. Um, Sam, are you back with us on that mic? How are we looking over there? Oh, man. Uh, Sam, I apologize to say I believe you're going to be dis disqualified from the fast break round, which I would love to, to have you in. Um, as this is happening in our live programming here, uh, we're going to go right right into it. So this fast break segment, every, I'm going to call on somebody different to start every single time. Everybody, you can't give the same answer twice. So so you might have an answer in your head. It might be one of your players. Uh, might be someone else. You, you can't give somebody else's answer. Um, and we want to go in a fast motion. All right. You're trying so, to trip us up, Neymar. I know you're naming it. These yeah, questions are going to I am up. going to try and trip you guys up. Are you ready to go? Here yeah, we'll give the first question, man. I see what we're waiting for. You want the first question. First, first question. Of course I Best Baltimore <laughs> player ever. Best player out of Baltimore ever, Kevin. What? Five seconds. Who? I said Man, Skip Wise. I, I Skip Wise. I said Skip Wise. I did not hear you. My bad. Skip Wise. Very good one. Uh, Mookie. Best. And I can't. I cannot say what Kevin said. Right. Cannot say that. No. Mo Hatton. Nick Miles. Wow. Whoo. Two S's, two L's, man. Sam Cassell. Ooh. Uh, very good. Very good. Very good. Um, Sam Brand, you're back in the house. Best player ever from Baltimore. Oh, Mike's still not working. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and drop an answer. Muggsy Bogues. Okay. There we go. All right. Uh, best Baltimore pro right now. Does not have to necessarily be an NBA player. Who's the best Baltimore pro right now? We're gonna go with Nick Miles. Will Barton. I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta go with Will. 
Mookie, I think that might have been your answer. Let's see what you got. Best yeah. pro right now. <laughs> Best pro right now out, outside, of, outside of Will Barton. Mello. Very good answer. Very good answer. I can't help you. I can't help you. Kevin English, you're up. Kevin English, you're up. Oh, man. Oh, man. Y'all got me good on this one, man. You got me good on this one. Oh, man. Can't. Can't pro. I'm a. I'm a. Uh, I guess I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to step outside the box a little bit. Oh man. Three, two. Man, ah, you got me. You got me. I'm coming right back to you though, Kevin. Sam, I'm so sorry that you can't answer. Also, if you're listening on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, you can't watch this film and watch Sam anguish. Uh, by not being able to answer on film uh, on risingcoaches.com. Kevin, coming back to you, best Baltimore coach ever. I'm going to go with Charlie Moore uh, just because of the, of the history of uh, knowing his son and, and playing behind his son in high school. Nick Miles. Bucky Lee, man. The legendary, the one and only, baby, Bucky Lee. It's not Great answer. Too. Mookie. Got a Bucky. I'm going with Corbett, baby. I love it. I love it. Shout out to Coach Corbett. He's he's the man. Name a college assistant that recruits the city well. Mookie, coming to you first. Chester Frazier, baby. Oh, my man. The Hokies in the house. Nick Miles. Kevin Norris. Kevin Norris. Kevin English. Bino. Bino Ransom. My man, 50 grand. <laughs> um, name a college, not just an assistant, a college that recruits the city well. Nick Miles, starting with you. BCU, go Rams. Kevin mm. English. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mount St. Mary's. Very good, very good. Shout out to Dan Engelstad and staff. Mookie. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech. Um, give me the best scouting service. Give me a scouting service that college coaches can count on, whether it be a service, a website, somebody on Twitter that – does put out positive stuff about the kids in the area. Mookie, starting with you. My guy, Kobe, prep hoops. Very good. Kevin, who you got? Oh, man. And, uh, geez, I'm bad with names, man. Uh, I can see that. I can see it. My man, Troy, I uh, can't remember the name of his company, but Troy, we grew up together. He does a lot of great. Uh, sports majors, uh, Kevin. Sports major. There you go. Sports sports, major, my man, Troy, sports major. Um, definitely. Recruit Baltimore, that's his hashtag. Recruit Baltimore. Recruit Baltimore is his hashtag. That's good to know. Look it up. Uh, Nick, who do you got? Charles Hebron, thehoophaven.com. He got all of our fall league games. That was the city well, you know, he's been doing it for a long time. Thehoophaven.com. Important last question before we sign off. When eating a blue crab, do you eat the mustard inside the crab? Yes or no? Nick Miles. I don't eat crabs, man. I eat crab cakes. I may be a little bit. <laughs> Very bougie. Very bougie. That's yeah, enough. We're going to Mookie. No, I don't. <laughs> Kevin. You got to eat the mustard, man. got to have the mustard. Great <laughs> news. You heard it here first. Kevin. It's a Baltimore County thing, man. We got to eat the mustard, man. Don't eat the mustard in the county, man. We can't afford the mustard in the city. The county boy eats the mustard. The county boy eats the mustard. county boy eats the mustard. Sam, thumbs up or thumbs down, Sam. What do you do? Do you eat the mustard? Thumbs up or thumbs down? We need your answer. 
Sam Sam is in the chat. So his his player was mellow, past and present. His coach was Smitty Murder Smith, and yes for the mustard for Sam. Absolutely wow. yes. Wow. Uh, first yeah, of all, so. coach, you don't need the mustard in Mount Washington and Baltimore County, man. That, that's close. <laughs> Mount Washington is close to Baltimore County. That's what Sam's at. Let me tell you, he's live in Mount Washington. <laughs> this is good to know. So college coaches, when you come recruit in the county or public school in general, you bring some crabs. We go. They're going to eat the mustard. You go out to the pub. Private school is a little bougie. They're going to have a crab cake. That's a pretty no. And Coach Ruthie, thank you so much for noticing that the chat function is there. Again, my first episode here. Um, and I have no clue how to work this thing. Sam just said, man, y'all are lucky he's muted. You know what? We might come back again with Sam Brand unmuted, but I want to thank you guys so Sam much. I want to watch that, man. Let me know. I want to watch Sam Brand yeah. unmuted. I was ready. Okay. Okay. We, we, might going, I was ready. we might have an exclusive. Um, That's what we're going to name it. Sam Brand unmuted, man. Unmute him. Uh, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. They, they came after his microphone. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on our first ever episode of Through the Tunnel. Uh, we took the fans in the in the back of the tunnel, talk a little bit about recruiting coaches right now. You guys missed out on, on recruiting this year because of the coronavirus. We're bringing information to you that's going to give you some background on how to recruit. You can recruit virtually in any single city right now. So I don't care what side of the coast you're on, left coast, right coast. Um, you can reach out to these coaches and, and you can reach out to us at at through T-H-R-U underscore the underscore tunnel or at Nemo Midvar uh, to keep the conversation going about Baltimore hoops. Charm City is in the building. Thank you so much, fellas, for everything. We're signing out. Thanks for having me.